Welcome to the Shooting the Cue podcast, presented by Heath Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. Hey folks, we're joined today by Brian Corbett of Smoking Scullies. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good, buddy. How about y'all? Man, it's uh, it's one of those things where the weather's turning, a little bit of crisp fall in the air. Yep. Uh, I'm ready for hunting season. I'm real ready for hunting season. <laughs> I haven't been. I've been one time so far this year. Well, so for everybody that don't know you, tell us a little bit about Smoking Scullies, who you are, and how you got started in barbecue. Okay, Brian Corbett uh, is my name. Smoking Scullies barbecue team out of Goldsboro, North Carolina. It's the eastern part of the state, so more on the coastal side, about an hour, hour and twenty minutes east of Raleigh. If everybody's familiar with Raleigh, um, started cooking barbecue 2011. Went to a barbecue contest my brother-in-law was in and. Had, I used to love tailgating, man. I, I was always the grill guy tailgating and never knew what competition barbecue was. So went to this barbecue contest and tailgating football games, you know, they give you four or five hours. Then you got to either go to the game or go home. I went there and they was tailgating what looked like to me tailgating for three days. And I was like, wait a minute, you can tailgate for three days, but all you got to do is cook a little bit of barbecue. And he was like, eh. Kind of like that, but not really like that. He said, it's more serious on the barbecue side. And I said, well, shit, I can just tailgate. I don't care about the barbecue. Cooked one contest, got two calls. Tuffy and Myron was there. That was the most expensive day of my life, I think. <laughs> That's what we always so, say. <laughs> uh, and, and here I am 12 years later and uh, at the Royal Oak Invitational, loving it. So still enjoying it. It's just become a passion of mine now. Now I don't even tailgate. <laughs> wow. So I have to ask this every time I hear those comments like that about how somebody got started in barbecue and mm -hmm. you won those trophies. And I'm assuming they were just small bowling trophies, probably, Little bowling right? bowling trophies, yeah. <laughs> so going. what would you say was an estimate you spent the first year after you won those bowling trophies <laughs> on barbecue, uh, on buying stuff for a barbecue contest? Depends on if my wife is going to listen to this podcast or not. Um, <laughs> if she listens to it, it was very little. It was very minimal. If she don't listen to it, it was, ah, man, I probably spent, if you count entry fees and meat and everything, because the that was 2011. Any pits did, bought in between that and the? multiple pits. <laughs> I have a pit obsession. Um, now it's even greater than it was. But yeah, first year, man, I probably spent five to $8,000. And yeah. that was not on, you know, an outlaw stick burner like I cook on or anything like that. It was a Traeger and I built my own drums, you know, one of them. In fact, my first contest, funny story, I built a drum on Wednesday, threw chicken wings on it that night, loaded it up Friday morning and headed to that very first contest. Didn't know how to cook on one. Used kitchen magnets, refrigerator magnets, as my air dampers for the holes at the bottom. I'd slide the magnet over. It was hotter than hell. <laughs> wow. Yep. I mean, but, you know, cutting your teeth in barbecue now, how do you feel like barbecue's impacted your life? Oh, it's impacted my life tremendously, not just on the uh, barbecue side, but personal side. I got friendships across the country. You guys never would have met you probably a day in my life. And if I would have passed you somewhere in the airport, wouldn't have known who you were. You know, uh, if I didn't follow social media or something and, and was not in barbecue. Um, got friends all over the country. I mean, I can, I always say I can be anywhere in the United States of America, get a flat tire or something go wrong on the side of the road. Somebody's within 200 miles. I can put on Facebook and it's going to be a barbecue person <laughs> going to show up and help me out. Um, Tell me business-wise, uh, because it gives me, and I, I do real estate, so it gives me a little bit of an identity outside of real estate, so it becomes a conversation piece. You know, people meet me and they're, you know, around our area, and they go, man, ain't you that guy that cooks a little? Yep, sure am. And I, let's talk about your house. And he's like, no, man, let's talk brisket. You know, and, and right then, I know I got the business. I mean, it's, it's over. Like, I, you're putty in my hands at this point, you know, kind of thing. But just because we can build a 
personal relationship. Personal relationship with that person is not just about the business. So it's it's helped me impact my life in a lot of different ways. My my kid is twelve now. He's grown up in barbecue. I've been cooking. I've been doing this for twelve years and. He's been to Willie Nelson concerts, you know what I mean, at the banjo queue when Willie Nelson was there and Old Crow Medicine Show. I mean, he's been in places that most kids his age have never been to and probably will never go to, you know. That's, uh, that's kind of the same way we feel. We've been in places that we never should have been mm-hmm. if it wasn't for we were involved with barbecue. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. just talking before we, uh, you know, fired up the camera here, just being in Key West, you know, at that event uh, right. before. I would have never found myself at something like that if it wouldn't have been for barbecue. Uh, most people wouldn't, you know. Most people would. I mean, you might find yourself in Key West, but you're certainly not cooking <laughs> cooking barbecue on the water. Yeah, you know, true. You know, yeah. Eight to ten miles out, you know, on a sandbar. <laughs> so badass. Uh, so, so how many contests do you cook a, a year approximately? The most I've ever done, I think, was 21. Um, now I'm down to around 12-ish. You know, my kid's playing a lot of travel soccer yeah. and uh, and school soccer. And, you know, he last year he made a school basketball team. hoping he will again this year. So, you know, that's kind of taking its toll a little bit. As my real estate business has grown, um, you know, you have to put a little more time into that because that is what pays the bills, not right. just the barbecue bills. But, um, you know, so now I'm down to 12 to 14, and you know, depending on primarily geography. primarily KCBS? Just about all KCBS. Yeah. yeah, but I'll do a couple of North Carolina Port Council whole hogs uh, around the house. Um, there's been, there's a big SCA movement right now, the stake mm-hmm. movement in North Carolina. So there's, there's five or six contests within 30 minutes of my house, you know, this mm-hmm. year. And. So New Year's New Year's they're doing a, a triple. Oh wow! And, uh, you ever cooked a triple? I've never cooked a triple. It's a triple SCA, but it's a three-day triple. Oh, SCA. It's an SCA. Never mind. That's tri- yeah, that's yeah. Anybody. No, I know Randall did a, a KCBS triple a few years back, <laughs> and I almost signed up for it, and I thought better of myself. That might would have run me like slam out of barbecue. I did so, it. Did you do it? And I'm gonna tell you what: turning in two boxes at the identical same time, two chicken boxes, two rib boxes, two pork boxes. It was fine when it was chicken and ribs, when it but got when it to got the, to the pork box, brother, mm, you understand how oh, that yes. was trying That's to build two pork boxes. Me too. I'm mm-hmm. a 20-minute man when yep. you're on a pork box. Yep. And then rolling in the brisket, it felt like you got a little bit of like relaxation, but even just turning in two at the same time, they, the slices could have come out of one brisket. Oh, yeah. You know, for me, it mm-hmm. didn't. I, you know, I'm right. cooking two and two and two yeah. and two on everything. Yeah. Yeah, that was a triple is a... It was two on Saturday and then a single on yeah. Sunday, and I've never been so glad for a contest to be over as I was that Sunday. <laughs> I can only imagine. I've done I've done doubles. Uh, they're not my favorite thing in the world because yeah. it does take a lot of extra work. It's a little extra money, not a great deal of extra money, but it's just a lot of extra work, and barbecue's supposed to be fun. Um, winning is fun, but, but the camaraderie and the relationships and, you know, being able to sit around a solo stove is cool outside is, is the fun part, yeah. and a double is just... It's hammered down. I mean, you turn in Saturday and you're turning right back around, injecting, rubbing, getting your pit refired, re- redone, all that kind of good stuff. And it's it can take its toll. So I'm not a big fan of doubles, but I do a couple of them a year. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely different. Um, what would you say has been your most prestigious or, or the one contest that you uh, just every year, that's the one you want to go to, you can't miss? Uh, your favorite. Your favorite contest. I've got a... I've got three or four. Uh, this one is one of my favorites. Uh, I won this one two years ago, the Royal Oak Invitational, and uh, just to be invited back here. I mean, they sponsor a lot of teams, and you know they have to go through a 
a list and try to figure out who they want to be invited. So to, to be invited means something. Uh, and then because I won it two years ago, it means something even more to me. Um, then there's a handful of regular contests. Uh, the, the Jiggy with the Pig in Kannapolis is, is one of my favorites that Eddie Smith puts on. Uh, the town of Kannapolis does a tremendous job with that contest. Uh, Greenwood, South Carolina, the Festival of Discovery. I've that's, heard about that contest. That's probably my favorite uh, what I call regular contest, and uh, Julie will probably send me a text and go, we're not a regular contest, you know, <laughs> but uh, but they do a fantastic job. The, the town really comes out and supports it. They got bands going Friday all day, night, Saturday all day, uh, local restaurants. I mean, they really cater to you. It's, it, that's probably my favorite contest. Those two are top, top, top notch for me outside of this one. And then the Royal. The Royal is always a fun time, but it's just a lot of work, a lot of money. Long haul. And a long haul, brother. It's usually we left, hot, too. And it was hot this year. It was so hot. I carried hoodies and jeans and nearby needed to go buy some shorts and T-shirts. Thank God I had enough of them. So I was in my RV, so I had more clothes than I needed. But, wow. um, but yeah, it was a long haul. We left Sunday morning and got back the following Tuesday morning. Mm. How many hours is it across for you there? It's, uh, according to the GPS, it's a little better than 20. By the time you stop for gas and food and just stretch the legs and, you know, all that, it's 24, 26 24, hours. 26, mm, yeah. That's mm -hmm. a long drive. Yeah, it's, and it's brutal. I mean, it's beautiful. The drive back sucks. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's always a drive back yeah, that sucks. It's all, yeah, Sunday morning here, leaving here is going to be, and it's like, oh, man, are we scared? Are we kidding? I'm never going to get there. You yeah. know, so. I know exactly how that is, too. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite trophy that, like, you think is unique I out do. of any contest? I, mean. I do. So uh, Lexington, North Carolina, one of the meccas of barbecue across the country, uh, had a contest a few years and, and I won that one back in 2014, I think it was. And it was really, it was a hand carved, the guy took a slab of wood, probably six inches, and he carved and hand painted the flames and Lexington oh, barbecue. Sweet. And it was, it's a really cool trophy. Uh, city of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. They have these blown glass. You've probably seen them online. It was just last weekend. These hand-blown glass flames they do. I mean, the grand champion, well, it'll be three, four foot tall. Wow. Hand-blown glass flame on this base. It's really cool. I love unique trophies. I, I always like to ask. People always ask me sometimes. Sometimes you get asked, what's the purse at this contest you're going to? What's the purse? And I go, I don't know, man. Those trophies are badass. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. I mean, we used to go to contests just for the trophies. Absolutely. I'm like, I want that trophy. I want that one. I yeah. want it. And some, yeah. of, some of those contests that we're talking about, I mean, they you even if you won the whole thing, you weren't going to make up what you no, spent getting there. A lot there, of times it was they're just not. The, yeah. the contests, they did a lot for the teams. Yep. Great hospitality. And Absolutely. The, the trophies yeah. made it worth it. Galax, you know? Virginia has fiddles. Yeah, we have. You we know, have a few. They got those fiddles. We I got, got a banjo. Year, yeah. We got mandolin. And we got, I think it's 11 fiddles. I didn't fiddles. get the banjo. I it's got 11 fiddles at home. We have a 11. lot. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, but see, they did. y'all did a lot of the NBN along with the KCBS. Y'all yeah. did, did, yes. did both. Yes. We granted them reserve at one year. Yeah, you did. We got some other musical, like um, we have guitars from Nashville. That's cool. Gold records. Gold that's records. Cool. Um, and those are not even, I mean, those are really cool, but yeah. those, I wouldn't consider those my personal favorite. But. They have a Gibson electric guitar. Yeah. I don't want a Nashville. No kidding. A real Gibson electric that's guitar. That's cool. We were actually talking to somebody last night. My favorite trophies, um, there was an NBN contest in Newton, Mississippi, uh -huh. and they have like a mental <clears throat> health hospital there. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's primarily children. So the children make these. 
um, they're concrete pigs, but they're mosaic tiles. Really? So they're all handmade and they all have different colors or patterns or just whatever those kids felt like doing that what day. What they see is what they make. So That's they're cool. all very unique and really cool. And those are those are my favorite trophies, yeah. I think. And that contest it doesn't happen anymore. So yeah. They used to take reclaimed wood from like old buildings and um, you know put the gold tags on them and do it. Yep. And all of the category trophies would be pigs kind of sitting on the butt, on their rear end, oh, setting yeah. up with all the mosaic art. The grand champion would be a pig standing, standing on all, on all fours. Four. And they are heavy. And it's a solid concrete pig. And so you can imagine <laughs> that cool. after the mosaic art and then painting it up and doing all that, it's just. It's really cool. Takes two people to move it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that contest don't happen anymore. It used to be a you'd have to wait on the train. They would tell you at the cook's <laughs> meeting, if the train was coming and you were standing at the train tracks and you couldn't make a turn in the box, just when the train passed, come on, turn in the box. You had to walk over the train tracks to get to no the turn in. To the turn in. It was just an old little town. Yeah. All the old ladies and, and older couples and you know from the church and whatnot, the town all made a big potluck on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And so it was like going to a Sunday <laughs> potluck at the church mm -hmm. on a Friday night, which was <laughs> totally awesome. That's it was cool. one of the best meals. Yeah. You can imagine all the little old ladies oh, in town cooking. Yeah. Well, it was mean, like going to homecoming at church oh, just on Friday night at the Man, squash casserole, <laughs> I mean, a potato salad, meatloaf. These women laid it out. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was uh, just one of those and you want to eat the ones out of the actual Pyrex dishes, not the disposable pans, because, mm -hmm. you know, that, that dish has been in that family yep. a long time. That woman knows how to cook. That's exactly yeah. right. And the, and the other thing with that contest we were talking about last night with somebody, like I said, uh, first place, you got a Lazy Boy recliner, because they had a Lazy Boy, like, factory, factory or, or something there. So they would, always have, right <laughs> they would always have recliners, and you got to pick one which year, one you wanted. We swept all three categories and, and won the grand champion. No, four. We oh, wound up with right. four recliners. Pretty cool. You, really, you can almost set you up a theater room with your recliners yeah. in the house. That was a crazy time. But it used to be really good prizes. There's there's contests now in the Delta that uh, does reclaim wood out of the Mississippi River. Really? And they rework the reclaim wood, and every grand That's champion cool. trophy is unique. Yeah. That is really cool. And we went after some of those, and I mean, just Absolutely. the knotty uh, wood, how they come up, and they put bases on top of them and integrated them and made Some of those have like um, special pottery too made yeah. just for that. Like the pottery maker lives in Mississippi and usually makes certain pottery animals, mm -hmm. but only makes this specific one for these trophies. That's cool. So that's kind of a cool That thing is too. really cool. But I'm sure there's tons of contests out there that do all kinds well, of things. Well, there is. I see. I mean, you know, we're not able to go everywhere. Yeah. And um, especially being on the East Coast, you, but you see people, friends of ours on social media that end up posting pictures after their, and you're like, man, that's a really cool trophy. Where's that at? And it's like Arizona. I'm not going to go to Arizona <laughs> well, And what was that? Was that one, was that one of... I don't know if it was Randall's contest, but it was one of the Georgia contests where you would show up and the man was oh, cutting, Randall's. cutting that was, the wood that was, with the chainsaw, like carving the trophy. He was doing the, the chainsaw art. He was doing yeah. right there on site? Yeah. Yes. No kidding. You like pull in and he's making the trophies and that's what you take home. That was we the have Q and Cummins trophies. Yes. And I won 80. Cool. I had two 180s. It's a Sam's Club all over again for me. <laughs> uh, we got a chicken and a rib call right out of the gate 180s and I tank pork and was like a 13th or 14th brisket. And um, yeah, I was fifth place over at all tech contest, and I thought Donnie Bray and Tommy Houston was gonna melt out of their seats. 
That was that was many, many that was my first experience in Georgia actually. And I said I'm coming back over here till I figure this out till I win, and I did. I miss seeing Tommy around. I wish he'd get out and cook a he little bit more. He came to Memphis in May this year and hung out with oh, us. Oh, did he really? So we got to see him for a little bit. Tommy and Lisa, great people. I love yep. them. When are we gonna get you to Memphis in May with us? Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year. Well, come on. I'm it's, not it's, scared of it. I mean, it's, it's a good time for I can sure. Watch a mean dish. <laughs> uh, hey, we got to make sure there's not very many dishes. We got that on us. camera, so now you can't yeah. go back. That's right. <laughs> if I go next year, Candace going to be like, you remember what you said? Yeah. Are we are you really want knives down there. Everything else is as much as disposable yeah, as we can get. You got to. You got yes. to. I look around, sometimes people have these four bin bus being set up, the washing station. I'm like, you know you can throw those away, you know. We yeah. used to be those people. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to, yeah. I used to think you couldn't use the same knife from one category to the next, you know, or to, or to say I had brushes, sauce mm -hmm. brushes. Like, well, what if it, my ribs, what if it gets on the pork? And I'm like, shit, dumbass, it is pork. You know what I mean? <laughs> pork is pork, you know. And, and if that judge can taste the fact that I used that brush on a piece of chicken and then moved it on three, God bless them. They don't need to be in this room. So you brought up a good point here. I have a question. Do you change sauces for every category? I don't. You don't use the I same sauce for everything? I use the same sauce for everything. Just yeah. like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have, you know, four different sauces or three different sauces. I used to never put any sauce on brisket and still don't really unless I unless yeah. I think it needs a little something. So you don't but sauce the top of your brisket at all and set a bark on it. Your traditional mm -hmm. brisket still. Mine's still a mine's a very beefy, savory brisket. Yeah. That is good to know mm -hmm. because we were having a conversation the other day at the Jack Daniels with several judges about how sweet brisket had actually mm -hmm. gotten. Mm -hmm. Um wow, that's good to know. Yeah, mine's a mine's a very beefy, savory brisket. I mean it's your beef injection. I use the beef rub, you know, and then I, you know, if I need to, if I slice it and it's just kind of ho hum, you know, every piece of meat's a little different. Yeah. Then I might, I might add a little sauce to my au jus and rebrush and, and, and add some more rub or something. Pop whatever salt. I, whatever I got to do to make it, make it work. Cause I, I got, I got five, 10 minutes to fix what I got here. But if it, if it comes out like I want it to, mine's a, mine's a beefy, savory brisket yeah i mean that's the best way to be i think a lot of people try to accomplish that all on the front end mm -hmm. and they end up getting too salty or too much mm -hmm. or too sweet yep. and doing what you're saying coming back and doing your due diligence after the fact and yep. getting that little bit of salt or a little bit of sauce or yep. whatever you know to ensure i'm sure since you started doing that your scores have improved right they become way more consistent you know when you're giving a judge a beef brisket i want them to eat beef right i don't want them they just got done with pork that's you know, sweet, you know, I'm a vinegar guy, but it's sweet pork, what we turn in KCBS, they just got done with that. I'm not trying to hit them again with a sweet brisket. I've eaten some people's brisket. The texture was, to me, was perfect. Flavor was decent, but it had a little bit too much sweetness to me, you know. I agree. And, uh, I don't like sweet meat. Yeah, it's kind of hard for a judge, in my opinion, to judge down a piece of beef brisket when what they taste is beef. True. So makes good sense. That's kind of my take on it, you know. What is your hardest uh, or the category that gives you the most fits? This year's ribs, for some reason. And I've traditionally been a very good rib cook, and uh, but for whatever reason this year, it's it's just been a roller coaster ride. You know, I can go finish second, third, first in a rib category this week, next week, fifteenth. You know, and it feels like it's just for whatever reason. Every year is always a different. Last year it was pork for me. You know, and this year my pork's been real good. My ribs has been just not scoring like I want them to. Um, but I'm on, I corrected a couple of things. You, as a cook, you can end up, most people add too much stuff 
when you when you score and start dropping, I need a little more of this, a little more of this, a little more. Next thing you know, you got nine ingredients in a sauce or an injection or, mm-hmm. you know, using six different rubs, and it's like back to the basics. Let's go back to the basics. We're giving them ribs. Let's give them ribs. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need to taste the rib. Kind of goes back to my, my beef point a while ago is I want them to taste my chicken tastes like chicken. My ribs taste like pork ribs. Yeah. My pork, I want it to be a good, that natural sweet pork flavor enhanced by a little sauce and au jus. That's what I want, and that's what I get. So are you twisting a little vinegar sauce in with your sweet sauce? Oh, yeah, baby. Just to get that twang? I'm a, I'm a 50-50 guy. I mean, that's me too. I like yeah. 50-50. I like that way it tastes with, yeah. the, with the sweet pork. And my yeah. pork injection has a little bit of brandulated sugar in it. Yeah. And uh, just because that's Memphis style, mm-hmm. you know, they like that sweeter type pork you're well, describing. Pork is kind of a, na- a natural sweetness to it, and you enhance it just a little bit. You just don't overpower yeah. it. I think that's what it needs, but uh, I'm a little 50-50 guy. And of course, I got a, got a bottle of the tangy vinegar sitting there off to the side, because again, if I need to, if I do some stuff to it, and I'm like, it just is just not there. That vinegar and pork, I mean, they go together like a husband and wife, man. I mean, they just, they marry each other well. And so if I have to, I'll crack the top of that bad boy and give her another Swirl dash. Swirl it on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you uh, have you ever made a, a salad dressing out of that tangy vinegar dressing? I have not, but you've, told, you've talked to me about that a couple of times, but I haven't done it yet. You, you just add you some in a, in a shaker or, or leave so much in a bottle, add you some honey to it, mm-hmm. whatever sweetness you want. And we do a little splash of apple cider vinegar and shake it up really well. Vinaigrette. Over as a vinaigrette. I bet that's so good. That'd yeah. be good to dip some chicken. And boys at the Duck Club wear it out. We do baby spinach and uh, grilled asparagus and uh, feta cheese or goat cheese and candy pecans. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that vinaigrette. It's a simple, spectacular, easy salad. I'm going to have to try that next week. Good. Yeah. After barbecue contest, just don't throw that salad. on the bottom of the pork box you're building. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. For sure. That's right. You know, you talked about you went out to the Royal and mm-hmm. you had a good cook out there. So tell me about how you felt like everything went at the Royal. Uh, everything for me went great. Um, had two really good cooks. The Invitational, I think we finished 30th or 31st out of 220, 30 teams, whatever the number was. I think my overall score was a 691, 692, somewhere around there. I mean, what do you do, right? You know, I mean, they give you a sticker for a 700, and if you look at the point spread, I I was less than 10 points out of winning, you know, and uh, that's just a matter of the tables. I mean, you do play a little bit of barbecue bingo out there because of the amount of teams. Um, Day two, the open. Day one, I finished 10th in pork was my, just the only quote-unquote call I got, but all my scores were above 170. Day two, the open, I finished 12th or 13th in chicken. I can't remember everybody. People yeah. can tell you what they got. Heath will do that. Yeah, I, 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 I can't remember. Like 2014, I was down here, and I finished <laughs> he blah, 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 and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, remember what I did last week, man. I was just there. You know, it was somewhere in the 12th, 13th, 14th range <laughs> of chicken, and uh, we ended up finishing 15th overall, and I think it was 480 teams. I mean, can't complain 90 about teams. That. I mean, oh, no, 697. I mean, Less than 10 points again yeah. out of win. I, dude, I'll take it. I'll take that kind of cook all day long. But traveling, we were fortunate. We had a good travel there, had a good travel back. But, I mean, we didn't have any incidents. Um, it's long. We had a great time over there. The cooks went great. Um, you know, they had a little score and mishap. But, you know, I commend KCBS. I mean, they've, they've kind of they've stepped up to the plate. They didn't hide behind anything. They stepped up. Hey, we did this. We've run new audits. We got it right. You know, hiring a third party in here. So, I mean, I really commend the organization that we that we cook a lot and, and for, for taking it on the chin and getting it right yeah. and making sure they got it right. If they had to change it, they had to change it. Well, and, you know, 
talking about that. Uh, they did, they'd done a really good job of getting in front of their mistake, and that's where I think some of these organizations uh, did not do that when they've had scoring mm -hmm. mistakes. And it's easy to get off on a keystroke or a judge to call out a wrong number. And, and these systems, the way they're set up, the way I was described by several people inside KCBS is, if it's not right, it kicks it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was something with a with the sheets the way they were. I mean, we've seen the Memphis Barbecue Network software do, do some funny stuff. We've seen Memphis in May, you know, get outdated the software. And yep. let's face it, that software, I think they said, was like 10 or 12 years old. Yeah. And you're in the business world yourself, and you know that if you're not really progressing every couple of years on software advancements, it, can bite it, you. it yeah. will bite you. But the thing about it is, if that wheel is spinning, the way that wheel is supposed to spin, you're not going to be but so proactive in changing that because yeah. change costs money. Right. And to a nonprofit organization, you know, that it's not just a let's do it. It's got to go before the board. It's got to go to the membership yeah. vote. You know, and so they took it on the chin. They've done a great job. Rod has done, in my opinion, a tremendous job staying out front yeah. and, and communicating as best as they can. And I think now it'll, it'll help lead to some easier decisions to, to make some updates. But the fact of the matter is you're dealing with humans and computers. Yeah. Yeah. And both of them have errors. You know, I mean... It's surprising that it hasn't happened before now, really. It, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's probably it's just, a perfect yeah. storm that just caused it, but yeah. it's okay. It's fine. They, well, they you know, right. most of these contests have no more than two people entering scores. Exactly. And out at the Royal, we all know, what have you got? 25, 30 tables of turn-ins. You've got a dozen people probably entering scores, mm -hmm. trying to integrate into yep. one system. And they're doing audits along the way to make sure. Because that, yeah. I mean, you're just sitting here doing this. I mean... Those keys are that far apart. Oh yeah. You know, you're just doing this, and, and you know, the six is right below the nine. That's right. You hit that. You think you hit a nine, and a six comes up. And so if you don't have, I know they've got two people. I'm sure they got two people sitting there sure. just making. I know Memphis and May. We we had a talk with one of the operations guys, and it was really cool to find out how they done their scoring. One person over here would run it. They would take the same as that paperwork, hand it to this person over here. They would run it. If it did not come out identical, they knew they had a problem. So they, they had, had a to reconciliation go back and process. They had a re reconciliation process, That's awesome. yes. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool the way they done it to guarantee yeah. uh, that everything matched up. They were just not giving it to. Right. They made multiple copies and handed it to, like, I think it's three people, right? And if all three of them don't match, something, something something's got to go wrong back. somewhere. Well, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he even said, like, they don't. Like they hire accountants or something to come in and do it too, do or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and as a member of them, oh, they hire a whole firm, a whole like firm, a firm to come in and manage. Oh, really? It's not just yeah. like people. It's not employees of Memphis and May or nothing. Yeah. They have an accounting it's firm that comes in Third every year. They pay to come in yes. and do an audit. So nobody knows nobody. They're looking right. at numbers up here. That's all they're doing. So a lot of people saying, "Oh, Memphis and May, you know, they're gonna let so and so win." Nah. No, those people are just that damn good. Yeah, I've I never, mean, I've never thought that about MBN. I've never cooked MBN, but I've never thought that about that. An organization that is shady ain't gonna be around for as long as these two have at KCBS and MBN. It's just not going to. Mistakes right. happen, they happen, but it's just not going. They're not gonna stay around for that long, and they've been around for a long time. They ain't going nowhere. Yeah, so, that's right. Yep. Wow, that's uh, it's amazing these contests how far they've come and how far barbecues come and. Uh, Oh, it's a whole different ball game. Even for me, I mean, you've been cooking a little longer than I have, I think. But uh, 12 years ago, it was everything was a 10 by 10 tent and whatever cookers you brought from the house. And now there's porch trailers and RVs and. I think it's going to slide back the other way, though. I think so. Um, 
it's cheaper to cook out of a tent. I'm cooking out of a tent today. You know, of course they put us up in a hotel here, so it's yeah. just too easy to pop a tent and put the outlaw under the edge of it and, and run it that way. But it's cheaper, the entry fees are 20 by 20s are always cheaper than the 20 by 40s just about. Your power requirements, you don't have to pay for extra that if you don't need it. And I've done that several times this year. If the weather's been halfway nice and I'm going by myself, Throw the tin up and go because I don't need a whole lot. Well, you don't wash any dishes or anything here, right? You pull everything, <laughs> throw it in a cooler, and it goes home to a dishwasher, right? I got one bus pan, and it won't be a fourth full when I'm done because everything's going to be disposable. What I got is just going to go home and go straight into the dishwasher. I am yeah. not washing dishes here. I've been saying forever I was going to learn how to cook out of a bus tub for that, for simplicity, and I've got to get back to that. I call it uh, comp in a box. Comp I got box. one box that has my rubs and all my stuff in it and then a bus pan. It's got my utensils, and that's it. That's really all you and need. And I don't care if I'm in my tent or if I'm in my RV or if I was in my campers. It, that's the same setup because I can just move from one to the next contest, however I want to set up, and not have to have any difference. Well, that's good to know. Well, Brian, I want to tell you thank you for coming on and chatting with us today and us learning a little more about you. I mean, we've been friends for years. but years, just yeah. Having a general conversation, you know what I mean, across yep. here and people – finding out a little more about you you know i appreciate everything you do for us the way you represent yourself as a brand you go above and beyond you're a proven winner in our book well i appreciate the opportunity to be here today from both you and candace and i appreciate the opportunity to be a brand ambassador and um you know started years ago and and you know to, to watch y'all's business blossom in the way it has is just it's really cool i love seeing my friends be successful and we've developed a friendship it's not just a i want to try this rub we've actually developed a friendship i can get on the phone with you and and shoot a call next thing you know hour half later we're talking about ducks and deer and ain't even talk barbecue you know? <laughs> that's, that's exactly I mean, right. you know and so that's that's always cool but i appreciate the opportunity to be a brand ambassador because you don't have to you don't have to give that to me just like they don't have to invite me here to the royal oak and and so i appreciate that so anything i can do to help y'all i'm always here for you and uh you know, it's always cool. I, I tell people, that, how long have you been Heath Riles? I said, well, first brief beef injection came in a Ziploc bag. I, he showed it to my house. He texted me. He said, hey, I sent something with them shakers. Tell me what you think. What is it? Beef injection. And it was literally in a Ziploc bag. It had beef written on it. And I said, let's give her a run, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've tried and tested, and I've had people that's hung with me, and I try to. I might have some new stuff coming your way soon. Yeah. Show up. I'll be glad to try it. Be glad <laughs> you to might get tested out these new glazes coming up. Man, I've been hearing about those. For years, right? They're I've coming. They're coming. I've been hearing about them. I'm excited. There's a couple of them I'm real excited about if what I heard was true. So. Well, the maple honey habanero. That's the one. That's the one I really, really, really want Brown to try. sugar honey habanero and a cherry apple habanero. So a cherry apple habanero and a maple honey habanero. Those two, I, I want to try all of them, but those two are the ones that's really piqued my interest because I could, I could see me putting those in play real quick. Well, we our cherry's going to be a little bit different than a lot of people. It's got uh, maraschino oh. uh, cherry juice. Oh, it's got it. that nice sweet It's red. got a really nice sweet red uh, bite to it. Uh, I didn't go super hot, probably on a scale of 1 to 10. It's probably about a 5 and a half, 6. I don't think you need more than that because you I, don't want to overpower it. I don't either. Yeah. I, I don't want to overpower it. Uh, the... Honey maple is honestly really good. I used a maple powder, blended in with the honey, mm -hmm. and the way we done it, uh, I, I think it's going to be a game changer out there. It's going to be. I, I can already tell you, 
I'm going to put it in rib wrap and pork wrap. I Right out of the gate, I'm going to try it somewhere. If I get it on a Wednesday and I'm in a contest, I'm not going to not be able to try it at that contest. People say you got to practice cook. I typically do. I'm going to have to roll it in there. Well, as soon as I have it in hand, I'm going to ship you some to try out. Send it out. I'll, be try I'll try to give you my feedback and hopefully show you some trophies in the end. That's right. Well, thank you, Brian, for coming on today. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Ain't nothing like shooting a cue with a good friend. That's exactly right. We are here today with Jeff from Shiggin' and Grinning that I'm hacking his last name all up. Yep. How do you properly say your last name for everybody out here? Jeff Vanderlindy. Vanderlindy. Just like it's spelled. All right. Well, that don't help me out none. I'm blind too. <laughs> well, look, Jeff, for the people that don't know you and know Shiggin' and Grinning, first off, I'm going to apologize because they should know you. And second off, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Shiggin' and Grinning, how y'all got started and kind of what competition barbecue means to you. Well, I'm from Delano, Minnesota, you know, the barbecue mecca of the world, Minnesota. And I started competing uh, with a couple of my dad's friends and I had sponsored a barbecue contest. Uh, they came to me for prize money and I went out there that night and that's when they used to do sponsor dinners. So I went out Friday night and started talking to the guys and they invited me out. I'm like, I can do this easy, but I made the first cardinal mistake because I stayed up too late and I drank too much the night before. So I didn't get back at 530 in the morning to watch them. And then I uh, cooked a couple of years uh, with some friends of my dad's. And then uh, two of my really good friends from my hometown, Derek Schoensberg and Ted Moonen, and we formed Shigan and Grinning. And uh, the rest is history. You know, we've just, uh, we've been fortunate to travel all over the world. And barbecues brought me some of the best experiences that I've ever had. You know, went over to uh, Singapore and Japan and South Korea for MWR feeding the troops, you know, with Stretch and Tuffy Stone and, you know, by far. The world titles, championships, just everything we've done is great. But something like that, to me, was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. And I had a joke to my wife, including my kids, you know, giving back and something like that. So for me, uh, barbecue has always been a hobby. And I'm very fortunate in my day job that it's something that I don't get too, I get worked up because I'm a high strong guy, but I don't get caught up in the circles and the rumors. And I, you know, I'm fortunate being from up there. Uh, we don't know a lot of people really well, but we know them well enough to stay at their house for a weekend. And, uh, and everybody knows we've been bourbon before bourbon was cool. <laughs> been bourbon before bourbon was cool. Yeah. Well, you know, so talking about championships and all that, what all have y'all won? Uh, we've been fortunate. You know, uh, we've been on every big stage in barbecue but Memphis in May. And uh, you helped me out with that. And we finished 11th first year in hog. And Heath pretty much uh, gave us the rubs, helped us trim the hog injections and did everything. But we've been fortunate to win uh, the American Royal overall. We've won, uh, we've won a world championship in every category. We Overall, we won pork at the Royal. Uh, ribs at the KCBS World Invitational. We won in the open. We won brisket and uh, we won chicken another time. And I'm calling the Jack Daniels Iron Chef because you know what? Damn it, that's a world championship. The Iron Chef or no Jack Ball Grill and Derek and I were winning that, win that. So I classify it. You know, it's five, but if we pushed it to that one, it's six. And it's something that has been unbelievable. You know, the barbecue world for me is uh, the family, the friends, and that's why we're still out here doing that. We're still at it. 
Well, one question I have, I know you said it was you, Derek, and Teddy. Well, yeah. now Teddy, he's kind of semi-retired, I'm assuming. You know, unfortunately, COVID knocked Teddy out. So before barbecue, we hunted all over the world. Ted and I did. We bow hunted. Africa, we're just crazy. And with COVID and knocking it out, he got back in hunting with his son. And, uh, you know, he just said, hey, we still, when I'm at home, I'm with him and we're still good friends, but he's in Wisconsin doing their hunting and stuff like that. So it kind of wiped him out. He made an appearance at the Royal. Uh, we missed him driving, you know, the Jack last year, he was down. We had to come back because he went to jail the, the year before. <laughs> I was there when he went Thank to jail. You. So it was, it was all great. He was on a peace treating mission is what he told the cops with the uh, international teams. Uh, but the argument pursued and... You get his version and we know the real version. So the real version is, is Teddy gets a little lippy every once in a while. And I think that's what happened. Yeah. Well, it, I remember that, that when it happened and everybody was making a joke about raising money to get him out of jail. Free, free. Yep, free Teddy. Free Teddy. Free Teddy. That was a pretty good one. So what is one of the most uh, wildest stories you can tell on camera here that's happened in barbecue, would you say? Oh man, there's so many. I guess uh, <laughs> kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah, the time uh, that Teddy and Derek hid the trophies and the awards at a contest is just an example. <laughs> and uh, the organizer came up and they would not start awards until they got the trophies and the awards back. And I had no idea, zero idea that they had taken them and, and hit them. And they left clues on other people's teams and these two idiots it's two o'clock in the morning so the clues they were leaving um you know stuff like that we mess with people we mess with people all the time heck i was there the day your daughter was conceived had something to do with that i mean <laughs> yes the event. yes you did <laughs> at the shields event uh, yep and you were day. you were definitely the good luck charm when i called you and gave you the news that 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 candace was we were having a baby and it was a little girl. You said, well, is her name going to be Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> Jeff and Bell or Fargo? Yeah, you were the, I think you figured it out. I mean, we, we had yeah. talked about it, but you were the first one who was like, wait, yeah, Fargo. It had to be Fargo. So the story's like that. But I had another one uh, that we're sitting around a campfire one night. And the married couple sitting here and there's another married couple and I get up to grab a drink or something. And the, the gentleman comes up to me, Jack, out of South Dakota. And he says, hey, what's that gal's name over there? I said, well, it's Joyce. He goes, OK. Walks back. She comes up to me about a half hour later and says, hey, what's that guy's name over there? And I said, well, that's Jack. So Joyce is asking me that. They were engaged to be married 42 years ago. Oh, my. True story. They, they look familiar, but they were engaged. 42 years ago to be married and they never got married. To me, that's a cool small world story too. You know, it's a feel good that you can tell about too. But the bourbon stories, you know, the jail, the, yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I've just got a lot of good friends. So you kind of went on a little bourbon tour on your way here, right? Yeah, yep. So we just uh, took some time for me we're going to make this 19 hour drive. So let's make a week out of it. So we actually cooked a contest in Wisconsin on the way down last year. We cooked the Jack and we just stayed down here the entire time. So we hit a couple of these trailers, heaven Hill, uh, makers, uh, but then just hit a lot of the bourbon bars and stuff like that. And we actually held up about an hour North of here and camped out for a day or two. And we actually practiced a steak Hadn't cooked a steak since last year at this event. And we sucked ass. So I was like, well, we'll figure it out this year. 
And uh, But Royal Oak, with the people that they bring in, the steak cooks, I'm never going to beat a steak cook that does it every weekend. Yeah. You know, it's one of the pieces of advice teams come up all the time and say, hey, what do I got to do to win? What do I got to do? I'm not winning. My first question is, how many comps do you cook a year? Like two? I said, you're never going to beat me. And that's not an arrogance thing. It's a repetitive, and you've got to be in the game. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I agree. You can't be do this part-time. And that, and that's kind of like when I won Memphis in May, I wasn't yeah. cooking contests, but I probably cooked 300 racks of ribs at home. That's right. And, you know, getting that feel for them, I know what the feel needs to be, know what the taste needs to be, I felt like. Yeah. And it's a repetitive thing. If you're not practicing, it's just like riding that bicycle. You're not going to be as fast and as good with it. No. And I don't taste my food. Very seldom will I taste any of the entries. I'll grab a burnt end to see for tenderness if I'm going to put it in. But I know how much rub that I put on it. You just by doing this, and I know and everything I do is pretty much by feel. I, you know, all of us that barbecue that we do, we, we don't want to eat it at that point. And, uh, but I, well, chicken, you don't taste the chicken that you're turning in. It's one of the few categories. This piece could be great, but this piece isn't. So you're not tasting it anyways. Now, ribs for me is feel. Uh, pork, I will taste a little bit to see if it's got the sweet flavor I'm looking for. And, uh, you know, with me, I'm fortunate to be sponsored up, and I kind of know what the stuff tastes like pretty good. And then same with the brisket is more of a feel, but yeah. What do you feel like, what category gives you the most fits out of the four main categories? Chicken sucks. You know, it always has. So, uh, good barbecue story. I got a call. Uh, so we were we're very fortunate. We're always right in the hunt. You know, I feel we're pretty consistent. And we were third, fourth, and fifth all year. And I made a post that chicken still sucks. And we'd get three big to the big meats. We'd in the ribs. We'd probably be top six every time. And chicken would be twenty fifth and thirtieth. And a, a buddy out of Iowa. Uh, sent me a message and said, hey, do you want some help with some chicken? And he's no longer cooking this year, but he, he ruled chicken. He sent me an email with step-by-step -step instructions. Talk to us, talk me through it. The next four competitions, I got three grands and one reserve. And this is just two months ago <laughs> since I figured out chicken. But you know what? As soon as you figure out chicken, something else is going to fall off anyways. But it's, chicken's always been a struggle for me. I don't get it. I've done legs. I've done thighs. I've done wings. And you know what? Hey, can't be good at everything. <laughs> That's kind of what I say, too. Believe it or not, I'm a good pork cook, but I consider pork to be my worst category. Really? Yeah, I do. Because? I don't know why. Uh, every, every piece of pork is so different. You know, the money muscle, depending on where the fat vein's running in and at. Um, you know, but I will say I have not cooked a contest since the rule really changed to the whole money muscle cooking only thing. See, I don't do that. I'm one of the few that do cooking not, whole I'm cooking a whole butt because these that guys are just turning in slice and I'm still grabbing chunks and I'm still doing the old school uh, way. And it, for me, it works. Um, I did go that route for a little bit to try to cheat. And that's all it is. They're trying to, to um, make it quicker. Yeah. You know, well, go cook a freaking steak then. You know, we're barbecuing. And uh, so, no, I do not. I still cook whole butts. I cook three whole butts at every comp. So, you know, you're talking about that kind of, you feel like it's cheating, you know, cutting down to that small of a meat, you yeah. know, because of time-wise and everybody doing it. Yeah. And so thinking about that, what do you think, the like the SCA has grown so much, these one-day events versus KCBS having two- and three-day events for a contest? What is your take on the future of barbecue in general? Do you think it will go more toward one-day one events or it will stay the same? I don't think they're smart enough. I think they'll leave it stay the same and it's killing it. You know, the steak, you can roll up in a pickup truck and you, you can, 
and what, $150 versus $1,000? However you cut it, a contest nowadays, depending on your gas, is anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred bucks. And I'm a guy that gets my stuff from Compart. I get my stuff from Snake River Farms, so I'm not paying. Well, I'm on R&D. <laughs> we'll call it that. Um, but these new teams to come out and spend, you know, thirteen hundred bucks. Why? So what I've seen a huge growth in in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. They get fifty backyard teams at comps consistently yeah. because they're rolling in, they come Friday night to drink, but then they're, they got chicken and ribs. So you don't have the big expense. And you know, in KCBS with the whole debacle and their scoring system, and I don't say too much because I'm not smart enough to figure it out. There's gotta be a solution, but you know, I'm not your guy. And I think they've lost credibility through that uh, because there's been other issues. At Minnesota in May, uh, our awards were delayed three and a half hours because they said the score and then they had to enter everyone in by hand again and they had to do that. You cannot tell me when you're entering 60 teams in by hands, all the nines, eights, six and sevens, that there's not missed keys. But it's human error and it's gonna happen. And uh, we've all been there and scratched our head, but I've also been on the other side. I've been on the engine tables a lot. But we've been there too. I mean, it's you gotta take, I guess, the good with the bad on some of that. and. And we were just talking about a while ago, you know, software, human errors, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you run a business too, and you know that every two to three years, you're updating software. Oh, you, yeah. I mean, it's just bugs get in it, uh, stuff gets off track, I mean, settings, all that, and I, I don't know if that's what's happened, I don't know, but I, I know the MBN's been through this software thing, I know other organizations has, and it's just, stuff gets outdated. I mean, it's not nothing... You know, and you throw human error in with it, like you said, a keystroke, mm -hmm. the keys are right close together. Yep. It's easy to happen. We had this conversation about Memphis and May. I'm kind of repeating myself from mm -hmm. a while ago, but Memphis and May, they hire an outside accounting firm to do scores. Mm -hmm. And they do two to three sets of scores, give the same ones. Uh, once you get done with it here, it gets passed off to this room. And if they don't match on two to three different ones, yeah. they go back and redo it before it even goes out. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is independent, good independent research. Well, with them, they said, hey, sorry, we're delaying the words, the words three hours, but we want to get it right. And they still never got it right. Um, so I don't know if they don't have the money, you know, because it's going to take money to do it. Um, but I am not going to sit and bash anybody because I love barbecue and I'm stressed out during the week. I don't need to come here and, and do that. And I take my lumps. I've been on good sides. I've been on bad. Uh, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know what they do. Well, I, I do tell you, going back to that one-day event stuff, I know SCA, um, I, I seen Brett and Ken, and I know they're working on, um, I was told they're eventually going to do a rib sanctioning only, mm -hmm. like a, a rib association. They're going to do a chicken wing association or whatever, and, mm -hmm. and they're going to try to run these contests, kind of the steak or whatever. They love to get grandfathered in by the jack, mm -hmm. where it's a beef, a chicken, and a and a pork, you know, kind of like Texas. I don't know if that would ever happen, if Jack would ever change the rules. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, we were at the Jack uh, last week, and you see about uh, there's just not as many teams there that I knew, you know, and familiar with. And I feel like that's because of the way barbecue shifted. Mm -hmm. And contests are not getting 25 teams anymore for qualifiers. They're averaging about 22. They have nothing to offer. What are you offering your sponsors? There's nothing... To, to, to drive that, and that's the problem. They need to make them more public, or you know, the town festivals and, and getting somebody. They got to offer something. Um, you know, for me, 
Rod Gray right now. He's been in the seat for two years, and he got a sandwich. I mean, that guy is just, he's a cook like us. Yeah, he he gets it. And you know, everybody Rod Gray, Rod Gray. But you know, I noticed that the board's been eerily silent. There hasn't been anything on the board. So, and everybody goes and points fingers and stuff like that. I still think that I don't know. That's something I don't want to do, and I won't do. You got to stay positive during this cycle. Well, I think they that Rod. Uh, has the capabilities and the knowledge of being a cook and been around barbecue so long that I mm-hmm. think it may take him a little longer uh, to get this straightened out. But I think for the for the better, he's going to leave the organization in a better place than he definitely found it because it's in a show right now. Yeah, and you know Rod is the type that he's very methodical. He's taking everything in. He wants to know, and then he'll start making his decisions, which is a smart way. You know, Rod is a, a well, it, Rod's a gifted guy, and he's a smart guy, and I think he's the guy to steer the ship right now. Yeah, yep. no doubt. Yep. Well, talking about, you know, everything, how many contests do y'all normally cook a year? You know, I'm a little different. We're anywhere from 14 to 20. And uh, unfortunate, I think we're at 16 now. We're fifth in the country in ribs. We're top 20 in the other three categories and top in the KCBS, um, you know, because they take your best 10 scores. And I don't know. I got to horse you up my ass for sure. But um, yeah. Our I mean, biggest, where are you going to cook the rest of the year? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, California with Darren. We're going to cook. Uh, Darren and I go out uh, and get set up with Sterling. And um, Darren and I cook under the grin and goat. And or we cook under Teddy Camp. We cook about four comps a year. You know that's what's happening too. Our guys are getting old. I mean, I tried to do that with some guys around Memphis, and they kind of well, we went and won one contest, and they kind of was like, ah, oh, we're still gonna cook on our own. You know, so uh, that, that's me. I'd rather just cook, go cook the rib. I need to find a brisket cook and a chicken cook and a pork cook. I just want to have fun. Yeah, and have fun, and we do it, but we agreed when we're doing it, and we're a team. I don't cook one category. He cooks one. We, it's live and die. And literally what we did is we dumped everything together. So you cook different when you're cooking as that team? No. Now we cook the same. We pretty much cook the same. He cooks different chicken than I do. But otherwise, our other recipes are pretty much we. Um, you know, I had a, a case this year that I forgot everything. I'm eight hours from home, and I didn't have salt and pepper. And that's not me. I am organized. I had no injections. I had n- nothing, not even salt and pepper. And I had to go around with the teams and borrow everything. I remember going around my honey jar and everybody dumped in what they could spare. And that's what barbecue love is about. And I always said, uh, you know, a wise man told me, you give me salt and pepper and a bottle of ketchup, I'll beat you in tenderness every time. And uh, that wise guy was Darren. And he specifically said, you don't have the balls to do that. And I said, you know what? You're absolutely correct. I don't give me some smoking guns and some simmer on docks, and that's all I need at this point. Uh, so, yeah. So, where was you at? What were, let's hear about this story. You were somewhere earlier this year, and you they didn't have enough teams to make it a qualifier, and you broke off and borrowed a Traeger from somebody? Yeah, Chad Ward delivered a Traeger to me. For one, one Traeger? One small Traeger. He delivered the 850. Yeah, he delivered that because we, with our home, Darren and I both have homes in Florida, so that's why we're cooking a couple times down there. And he delivered it, and we went to the cooks meeting, and they had 25 teams, but they had two new teams, and everybody was worried about not 
uh, qualifying. So they said, I'm going to be break off. Well, I was with Lucky Q, Justin McClellan, and Darren. So them two went this way, and I took the Traeger with uh, six pieces of chicken, one rack of ribs, uh, a small butt, and a half a brisket point. That brisket point is what screwed me. And I won ribs, and I finished fourth overall. <laughs> but the brisket, I couldn't survive. Yeah. I, I threw the brisket point on the night before at 10 o'clock because I had to make room. Wow. Yeah. That's, that sounds like, uh, do you know um, Drew with razor racks? Yeah, when he did it with the drum. When he did it with a drum, all yeah. on one drum. Yep. That is time management at its finest. Yes. If you ask me. It's, uh, but you know, for me, it's, it's made it for a great story and I was excited to do it. I really was not that I didn't want to cook those guys, but the bastards made me cook on the other side of the trailer. So I was in the windy side when they were on the good side because we had a, you know, split sites. Wow. But yeah, you know, I'm going to do fun stuff like that all the time. I mean, me and you've known each other for a long time. I know. When we go to yeah. cook a contest, when you want to, I got an itch. Yeah. You're in. I'll come cook contests with you any day. I'll fly in Florida or somewhere. I'll come hang out with y'all. Yeah. You. you run around your area. We'll get it figured out. Yeah, I need to do uh, that. I love cooking with other people. Um, I do too. I mean, my I'm not going to say my heart's not in it. My heart is surely in it. I just don't have the uh, the time nowadays to go. I would love to go cook 30 again. Yeah. I really would. Oh, I've got it in me. I would buy a motorhome like you have. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go do it. I'd love to go run the circuit one more time, but I, I can't. It's fun, and that's why we decided this year one or two a month. You know what? And that's really what we want to do, and I think that's made it a little bit more enjoyable than running. So I feel like we've been asking everybody, do you have one contest just that that's your favorite contest? You feel like you have to cook that contest, even if it's not not a lot of money, not, you know, it's just that's the one that gives you that feel, that contest. Oh, American Royal for me. I love people. <laughs> you know what? We feed 500 people lunch with the tenderloin and the egg roll fry, uh, Anella with a hot dog. We do that. Yeah. For me, and I know it's the biggest one, but to me, it's the time being up there. I don't get to see everybody. Yeah. And we roll the bar out, and it's great. But there is other contests that are near and dear to my heart. And unfortunately, um, it's always ones that you win. There's a significant, yeah. you know, the one was first, but COVID wiped so many of them out. I know. Yeah, that's we've talked about that too. And and if it wasn't COVID, kind of like we were just talking about, some contests just aren't making it anymore. Just it's sad. Yeah, they can't pull the contest yeah. in, you know, and do it. And and I think some of the people need to mellow out because I'm organizers. They're volunteering and they're just riding them that nobody picked up my trash. You lazy sob freaking walk freaking a half a block down and throw your trash away. And I think yeah. that's the problem. The entitlement to them. Well, I, I think that's happened to a lot, and I almost think it has gotten oversaturated. Barbecue contest was growing so much at one time mm -hmm. with the progression of pitmasters on TV and and social media wise, and everybody felt like they could start their own contest. Right? Mm -hmm. You had a lot of teams that were kind of on the tail end of their cooking degree that they become organizers or yep. wanting to host events and do different things like that. And I'm not going to say it's oversaturated, but it's going to be interesting the next five years if SCA changes and has a rib association and has this and that, and you can go out and cook one day event and still win 1500 bucks cooking a slab, you know, two slabs of ribs or three that was supplied to you maybe. Yep. And you got a $200 entry fee and you're winning $1,500 and you're not having you throw a drum in the back of the truck. Or, and you're done. At you that got part. a cooler and a pop-up tent and you got, you get the same feel mm -hmm. hanging out with your buddies. You got more time to chill out. 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Still get that little ribbon because it's amazing how that little ribbon, that one call freaking set the hook on all of us. We were talking about this a while ago. What was your very first contest? When did you win your very first little trophy or ribbon on? You know, I cooked with another team for two years and we never had a call. And they were older and they wouldn't let me do anything. And they actually, talking about people, they switched and they were an organizer. Uh, so they couldn't cook it. So me and Teddy and Derek borrowed their trailer, their FEC 100 um, and something else. And that day, and I hate him for this fact, that day he came up and said, don't leave. I'm like what? Don't leave before awards. And I don't like when somebody, and I remember him saying that. And that day it was probably a 45 team contest. We were ninth, ninth, and 10th. We had three calls. It was, and that's what he was telling me, don't leave. But I'm thinking that I win this damn thing. But I don't, it was the only organizer that I ever set, had to ever say it to me because he was a teammate too. But that was the three calls, my first contest. And then it probably took three years, two years before we won because there, I still haven't taken a class. You know, we yeah, were no, trial and error. You know, we were trial and error. It's me and you talking. And, and learn that now these guys can go out and spend a thousand bucks, 800 bucks to take a class and their learning curve got shortened up by three years. And most of them and not, not taking, cause there's a lot of good cooks, but they're running exactly that recipe and they still don't know. They still don't get it. If something meat doesn't all finish at the same time, in yeah. the same time. You can't teach Phil. We were talking about yeah. a while ago, it, no matter what, when I was showing Candace how to cook ribs, when I was so focused on the hog and shoulders, for MBN and she was trying to check them, you know, because they were trying to come off at the same time I was doing other stuff. It's hard to teach that feel. And she's done gotten really good at it considering she's been around it five or six, yeah. you know, hardcore years. Uh, but it's hard to teach that feel. 15 years. Well, well 15 years, but I'm talking about you really, you really try yeah, to learn no, that I, feel. Hey, uh, we all know she's the brains of the operation. Oh, no, there's no doubt she's the brains of the operation. I'm, I don't uh I don't want to be the brains operation. You're correct. The feel you cannot teach. You have to keep touching and touching. And I can walk into somebody's trailer and almost look at them now and know which one's going to be there. And, you know, my dad was a butcher. You know, I grew up on the farm. Really? Your dad yeah. was a butcher? My, my dad was a butcher. So we roasted whole hogs when I was a kid, you know, and butchered our own and cows. And, you know, that's what we did. We did the same thing. We done cows and hogs and we done our own country hams, hung them and, mm -hmm. and done all that kind of stuff, made sausage and... So I said, we don't have country ham up there. We don't, you guys, uh, you know, I don't eat all those things. I just remember doing it as a kid. Yeah, it's always fun to do. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I guess the other question that we've been asking is, do you have a favorite trophy? And I don't mean like it has the most meaning, but it's just like the most unique trophy. Like, On the contest that you go after every year, at, you may have not yeah, have won like or it, won or probably not a bowling trophy but like it's just very unique that contest has those really cool whatever. i know what you're gonna say i think well it's of course it's the jack it's the it's the royal it's the king of smokers you know those are the cool trophies and i'm gonna get crucified for what i'm gonna say i don't keep my trophies a lot of i've heard a lot of people say that though. i recently moved and i had a shed and i'm lucky including you know the bowling trophies but there was cool smoker trophies where they made them steel and you know hand heavy the one piece was a granite granite piece heavier than hell and when i moved i told ted and derek i said hey, you guys gotta take this stuff and uh, nobody wanted it so no, I, ended up, I got had to get i got rid of it and but i did keep uh the big ones, you know. Um, you kept some of your grands, I'm sure. The Royal, the Jack, 
King of Smokers, um, all of the cool grands and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I, you know, I think I'm at a different point in my life that I'm older than a lot of, you know, a lot of people. And I'm not old. I'm 53, but I'm trying to simplify my life right now. And the room that it took, and I don't want to saturate my kids with all the, if something happens to me. Um, no, to me, we have. Haith is not at the point of letting go of any trophies yet, but mm -hmm. I'm gonna put them all in my shop. Well, you guys, there. you have your shop, you have that, and what I always said, what makes me a little dangerous, I have nothing to sell. So all the stuff that I get into, I don't have an agenda. Um, I am gonna beat you. I, I always lip off. So I'm gonna beat you with your own stuff. You know, I <laughs> I love to do stuff like that. Um, but and and I'm not. And I still I'm pretty quiet about it. But if you go out on our table right now with Derek, the world famous Shigan and Grin and breakfast. And by the way, and the reason he started cooking that breakfast because he didn't do a damn thing. And we're like. You might as well make us breakfast, dude. You're just sitting there. It's that, a good breakfast. It is. That it's is the number breakfast. one breakfast yeah. in barbecue. It is. Me. It's very and it started out just cooking breakfast for you know neighbors because he only brings a dozen eggs. We got six. Yeah. We get three. Get a three away. Yeah. But if you go out there right now and the organizer of Mankato uh, came up and we use his trophies, the wood plaques as levelers for our breakfast table. And if you go out there right now, you'll see there's three or four because this you know got some hills. And the organizer, really, you're going to do that? I'm like, dude. This is the best place for him. Everybody gets to see him. So they either went in the fire pit or the dumpster, or everybody gets to see him. So I do keep a couple extra trophies, I guess. Well, don't y'all have the what's the the contest where you win the green jackets? Yeah, that's Wisconsin. It's actually Masters, uh, Masters in, May. in May. We were fortunate to we won. We're the only ones win both days of that. So you've got green jackets for I that. Green jacket. I thought you was gonna say that was one of the most unique trophies y'all play. <laughs> yeah, you know the green jacket is. Uh, unfortunately, that contest is gone now too. Aww. And what I remember about that contest is the guys before me, Rod Gray. I remember him wearing that jacket at picture. Yep, Rod Gray and and uh, and uh, Rich um, from uh, Barbecue Superstore. Um, it's funny, I can go back and look, and they had people come up past winners, so it was one of those things that was pretty pretty cool. Um, that, that, so you're right, that that was one of our favorites. Um, we least recently lost Adam Shop, um, a barbecue with Tim Shop, you know, his you know, 35 years old is a sad story, and you know, those guys out there were some great people to cook with, but unfortunately, they were all done too, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how barbecue has shaped and transformed so many people's lives and friendships and businesses. And uh, I don't know, it's, uh, I'm glad that I kind of found barbecue as my way. Uh, I'll say that. Well, and you were one of the, the smart ones that got into it and you saw what it was. Um, and a lot of us maybe saw it but didn't do. And you were the one that took it to the next level, what you're doing and everything that you're figuring out. Um, because it was, you know, like you said, it was the wild, wild west out there for a long time, and, and guys did. I look at guys, and I'm not going to mention their name, Tuffy Stone, because um, I give Tuffy crap that I don't think he knows what he's worth and what his name is. I agree with that. You know, Tuffy is so reserved. He's so he's such a nice guy. Yeah, he is. And Tuffy, what, you're Tuffy Stone, for Christ's sake. And you need to, you know, and I just think that that's one of the stuff like that. And so that's not a rip on It's just saying I think there's a few other people like that. At it, like Tuffy out there that should rule. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't like the guy. Yeah, no, he's I just a really either. genuine person. He's genuine as they come. Person. Yeah. Uh, genuine as they come. I talked to Tuffy a good bit. We were texting yesterday, a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Yesterday morning, we've got some stuff working together, a few projects. Yeah. He needs your guidance. He's a, he's a really good guy. I don't have much of guidance, man. We're just, 
we go to work every day and work hard and you know if something happens out of it something good happens out. Yeah. and it, it's still hard like you're you know you made the comment i feel like a lot of people don't realize we are fortunate in what we have done and do but we're still in a in a version of the wild wild west over mm-hmm. on this side of it too that people don't see and don't realize the well, day-to-day struggles I don't think the people think that have any idea how hard you get social media works. No. I think they think you throw out a video and you do this and you do that. And if they saw yeah. what you guys put in, you know, you, you're on a working weekend right now. Yeah. I mean, it's a team effort too. We have several people yeah, that work for fun. us. Jacob's behind the camera over here now. And, and, um, and he's not a schmuck. He couldn't he's not it. a schmuck. He does a pretty good job. He does. He does a damn good <laughs> job. Uh, very fortunate to have found him. And we have some more people in the office the same way. It, it takes a team of people to accomplish something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, barbecue too, it's hard to go out here by yourself and do that. And you assemble the right team and, and stuff always works out when you put the right people in the right place. I would quit if I did it myself. hundred percent. I would, I would quit because, um, I may even do it, but it's, you know, Derek and I have been friends, you know, 45 years. Well, look, oh, one thing before we wrap up this podcast we're going to make a promise. We're going to cook together at some point. We'll get it done, bud. All right. We're going to get it done. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jeff, Thank for you. coming on. Appreciate it. Talking about barbecue, we always love shooting the queue with our friends. Until next week, see y'all again. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Queue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the queue.